3: Premier League Carnage, episode four. I'm going to take a wild yes, I think
4: test. it's five. I think it's no, five. it's too late. I think
3: it's five. Too late. I looked at it. I did it quick. i it now. Uh, if it's wrong, uh, it's wrong. Okay. You're going to get four, call it 4.5. 4.5. Yeah, we call it 4.5. now because we don't know. Because the games are in midweek. Some games are on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. There's a game on every day. Premier League is wild. It's mad. I said it's going to be a wild season, but could anyone predict it to be this wild? My God, I can't. Like we, we had to let Matisse go and catch a drink, get some food. Huey, Huey had to delete some tweets at halftime. Michael's, I was hacked, man. I
1: was hacked. That wasn't me. I was hacked.
3: Michael was thinking, you know, we could have been above Spurs, or sorry, jump, sorry, we could have been above City, but now he feels better. And billa. now you know what it feels like to be chased by this juggernaut. Now you know what it feels like. Feels like to be like, yeah. Is it really... Is it, are they really going to lose? This team never, never gives up. People, you're all locked into Premier League carnage. We've got loads to get through. We're going to talk about, obviously, the, the match we've just witnessed or most people have just witnessed if you can be bothered to watch City. Um, and we're going to ask the hard questions, bro. I mean, look, I actually didn't bother getting a Spurs fan on because I thought to myself, at this stage, it's bullying. At this stage, I might get reported you know what I mean? I might not be able to stream anymore because what's the point of a Spurs fan coming on, man? You already know what they're going through. But the rest of the panel, as you can all see, Bilal, how are you feeling after that? Mixed emotions, of course. Spurs are Spurs for you. But at the end of the day, you got bigger fish to fry than Spurs and you could have done with them doing you a favour today.
4: Yeah, listen, at one point I'm thinking, Tottenham, surely not. Surely you want to lose this game. What are you doing? Stop winning. You don't mean this. And yeah, when the second half started, they showed they didn't mean that first half whatsoever and, you know, went back to their factory settings. But honestly, with that game, yeah, half time as an Arsenal fan, I'm thinking, listen, what would it be? Like if we beat United, it would have been, what, 11 points at that stage? And I'm thinking, that nah, that's too much, even for Man City. And it's not because it's too much, because it's... Um, you know, Man City can't do it. I mean this version of Man City, don't really see them catching up eleven points. That would have been like ridiculous, right? But for me, yeah, Tottenham, just, just just Tottenham. I don't know what to say about them anymore. On the weekend, I thought they would have turned up a little bit more. They were as dead as I've ever seen in the last few years in terms of that North London derby performance. And mm. then yeah, today again, that second half was just embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah. Like you're two-nil up. Imagine Conte's probably fist bumping everyone saying yeah well done boys you've played a brilliant first half you've done everything i've told you to do and then what it just dies 10 minutes in and you see conte doing whatever he does with his face it's like he looks stressed but yeah big up pep and honestly the man city fans all of you who booed at halftime you need to say sorry because i, I couldn't believe what i was hearing the boos Pep Guardiola what he's done for the club but them players have done for them over the last few years and then for them to boo I don't know that felt a little bit off to me but that's maybe me from the outside looking in but yeah fair play to man city they're not going to give up we saw it last season as well there was what 2-0 down against villa we thinking we thought they lost the league the- oh, and <laughs> don't, don't, don't don't talk about that one don't talk about it. there's
3: no need for you to talk about that one please don't choose violence in the first segment straight away yeah, don't choose don't talk about that game but I'm going to come to Huey, of course, and look, you tweeted like a normal emotional fan. I'm not even going to cuss you for it because that's what emotions are, right? You have to speak on, you have to tweet or you have to react on emotions as a fan. And and it wasn't just about this game, I know, because it's like the season you're having. It's so, it's so up and down, up and down. And on that basis, 2-0 down to Spurs was not very clever at halftime.
1: No, no, I mean... I will I will say, though, that I think the football we were playing was a lot better. I mean, I was questioning the lineup Pep went with because it was a lineup we've never seen before. We've never seen that system. We've never seen that lineup put in place before. Ballsy move playing Rico Lewis. And I want to highlight Rico Lewis. What a player. What an absolute baller Rico Lewis. I, I'm I'm in this with full sincerity when I say it. He is the future uh, of, of right backs at English national team level. He is an, he's, he's got absolutely everything at the age of 18. But listen, at halftime, like, like you were saying, I was tweeting out of emotion. I will say that I, I wouldn't go as far as to a booed if I was in the stands, but I was tweeting out of emotion because it's the collection of this season so far, performances so far, things going against us, and that fixture. Someone said, what are you done with the club or or the season? I just said this game because I'm sick of Tottenham. I'm absolutely sick of Tottenham going to the game, watching it on TV, you name it. I've been stung by that team too many times and it just felt like deja vu and it just would be Tottenham to put what I would consider one of, if not the final nail in our title race coffin. So at halftime, I was tweeting my emotions and I said, listen, I just want to see that fight. I just want to see that character that we've seen in seasons previous having gone behind Liverpool 11 points before, having gone behind United 8 points before, um, second place before of Times, behind Chelsea and whatnot, and just showed that spirit because there were so many question marks and concerns over whether the hunger was still there. And what we did show in that second half was the best football I think we've possibly played all season. We showed that venom, that aggression, that enthusiasm. And what I want to see most, like I said, was that fight and character. I want that champion spirit. Whether you're top of the na- table or not, you still believe you can be champions. And that's a massive, massive takeaway for me. And that's why I still refuse to count us out. No matter how, what, what goes on this Sunday in the Emirates, I refuse to count us out. I'm more concerned about Manchester City than I am about anybody. Massive, massive three points. Massive, massive second half. Um mm. Yeah, we move on from here, man. I, I, I,
3: I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, Huey, what changed it in your opinion? Because you didn't make no substitutions. So this is the team you started off with. When you see that team line up, straight away you think, KDB must be slightly in, not injured, but like not fully fit because he missed a couple of training sessions. So you can understand that. But then he, but 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 then you see he brings in Alvarez for KDB, which automatically means a formation change, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and then the back four he keeps swapping and changing. Is that a problem for you guys that he keeps dropping and changing? Because he's very. Is it obvious that he doesn't know his back four right now? His best back four.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I believe that's through no fault of his own. It is so frustrating, trust me, when you're seeing a completely different back four and set up every single week. But Laporte, Stones and Diaz, for the life of them, they can't keep fit. They can't keep fit. We we haven't had our full back five or our full center half complement available to us uh, at any stage of time for, for I don't know how long now. I don't think maybe once this season, one game we've had right every single center half. And then yeah, taking De Bruyne out, I don't I don't believe it was a fitness issue. I'm pretty sure he had personal issues during the week. Oh, Pep said anyway. So it, it could be I don't know. Listen, that's what Pep said. Um, and thrown Alvarez in, but Alvarez showed that hunger. I want to say it, man. People have been saying to me, you know, when you sold Jesus, you sold that high pressing, energetic forward. Alvarez has those qualities. I'm telling you, Alvarez has those qualities. Maybe not to the level of Gabriel Jesus just yet, but give him time the same way we gave Jesus time, and he can hit those levels. He possesses that speed. He possesses that relentless energy, that ability to press. He was putting the fear of God into the, the Tottenham Centre house and Hugo Lloris. You saw when they were on the ball, they were saying, shit, I better get rid of this quick because this guy's on my arse. And that's what we want to see. We haven't seen that all season. We're sitting off defenses, allowing them to willy-nilly play out from the back. We haven't had anybody pressing. I saw Grealish do it. And listen, sometimes, whether you agree with the boos or not, I wouldn't have done it personally, like I said. But sometimes a team as good as City, they just need a reminder that you're not invincible, you're not bulletproof, uh, and we will get in your back. You're not above criticism. You just need to kick up the arse. Maybe the boos is what they needed, or maybe Pep gave them an absolute bollocking at halftime. I don't know. But if you watched that game, I'm sure all of you did, and those of you in the chat who did, you'll have seen a completely different gear, a drop, a drop of gear in the second half to what we saw in the first half. Much more venom, much more pace, much more aggression. We said, nah, fuck this. Forget the side-to-side passing nonstop and waiting for an obvious opening, a gift of an opening. We're going to force an opening like mm. we used to. Fluid football, aggressive football, and relentless Never say die attitude. You can chop and change your starting eleven as much as you want and complain about inconsistency in selection. But the one thing I want my team to always have above everything is character and fight, regardless of how far down you feel put. And that's what I saw in the second half tonight. I'm telling you, nothing's finished. Nothing's Mm. finished. Um, Matisse,
3: Mm. a.k.a. Football Focus. Is yes. In the building. Yes. I'm
5: focused on all matters football now. I'm, I'm well educated to speak. I.
3: I need. I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me. What, what possessed Spurs to put in that first half performance, and then what went so wrong? Like we we often use the term Spursy, mm. but there's levels of Spursy. This was. This was. This was crazy levels of Spurs. Like that first half, I know Huey says he thought they played well, like Man City. Yeah. I yeah. thought Spurs played really well. Um mm. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if they deserve to be too new up, mm. but but you could see that they look dangerous on the break. Like the contrast in two performances. What where does Conte go from here? The,
5: the, the game was weird because in the first half, both of Tottenham's goals came in the space of two, three, four minutes. Yeah. And neither team had really tested the goalkeeper. You know, Man City weren't having any shots on target. They weren't testing Larice. Tottenham were definitely not testing um, um, Edison. There was a point where Tottenham had zero touches in the opposition box. So Tottenham were, I would say they were defending well. They were trying to be compact. They were trying to be organized and they were showing little signs on the break and in transition. But I wouldn't say that they were worthy of a 2-0 lead. It just yeah. happened so quickly in the first couple, in a couple of minutes before half time. Next thing you know, they're tuning a lot. And then second half, they just capitulated. And to be fair, that also happened in a very short space of time. You know, maybe Pep has just, I, I actually don't think too much tactically was really in it today. I think it was more just emotions. Those two goals from Tottenham come at a really quick spell. Man City are just caught out. And, and concentration wise, coming up to half time, maybe, maybe they've been caught out there. And then again, team talk happens at half time for both coaches. And then we see in the second half, Man City just running riot. Inside five, six, seven, eight minutes, they're free to up. Then they're moving for that fourth later on in the game. So there's a very close proximity of, of, of time span that we're talking about where the game was really come to life. You know, most of the game, these two were pretty much ebb and flow and. You know, obviously, as the second half progresses, Man City are, are are playing better and they're starting to show something. But this is such a weird game to analyze, Grizz, because it's it's but like, it's
3: like it's like it's like every game we watch in the Premier League is so
5: weird to analyze. Yeah, it's weird. Nothing makes sense. The, the in North, North London Derby. Oh, easy to analyze. Easy, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gave up the midfield. You didn't pack it. You didn't even put in a third man. Four v two. Easy. But this one just. Strange, and then so many individual errors. Lloris for that, for that, for that goal for Morris. What are you doing? Well, Man, we it's... start. We start. Off first, we, we, no, no. We'll get to. We'll get to Lloris. Yeah. But first,
3: Michael's like Spurs take a lead, and it's Edison again. Like, look, I think he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen with the ball at his feet, bar none. But it does cover, I think, in my opinion, some of his deficiencies as an actual overall goalkeeper. Like would you would you lay blame on both goals on Edison? Or because Spurs Spurs were there to take advantage of it, but a more a more orthodox boring keeper doesn't concede those. Or am I being a bit harsh?
2: No, I I guess you with Ederson. Like you said, on the ball, he's his ability is second to none. But I I always see him have these moments, even in Champions League, which is part of the reason why they never won it. He has that bozo moment. Not to like be harsh to him, but he his shot stopping ability is not up there with the top goalkeepers. Like Allison, for example, I think is a much superior shot stopper. Even David de Gea is a better shot stopper. But on the ball, let's not talk about that. Um, but I think with Ederson, but you you can't switch him out because, like you said, the sweeping abilities are so crucial to the way Man City play. So it's just with Ederson, you just gotta take it and hope that that moment doesn't come in a situation like that where it could put you two nil down. Hopefully, it comes like when you're up four nil and it makes like four one. That kind of situation. That's what you take and give with Ederson, in my opinion.
3: Huey, coming back
2: to you with a, this
3: with a, with a with a with a. I mean, what what was the reason for that first half performance? Then do you think because yes, you've turned it around. And I agree with everything that you've said and what Matisse said, it wasn't down to tactical tweaks. It was just pure relentless mentality of doing things quicker and more aggressively. But there's far too many games where you're having to to do this this season. It's, it's not normal, is it?
1: No, it's not normal. I'm, I was asked about that on a show recently. And I said, am I, I was asked, am I concerned? I said, yes, absolutely. That we can go through 45 minute periods like that where it, that's that's probably where the boos come from. It's not because they're actually angry at the team or angry at Pep. It's more so we know there's so much more to be given. We we know there's so much more in the tank, and you just haven't hit that gear yet. Um, yeah. Listen, I I think it it actually wasn't the worst first half. Like I said, I think we were playing well. You could see what we were trying to do. We just weren't doing it at the pace. Um, it was a massive, massive improvement having John Stones in, in centre-half. I want to highlight him as well. I think he is an absolute Rolls-Royce of a centre-half. And I was saying this in my preview, that having a, a, a ball-playing centre-half as good as John Stones in your back line, it's immediately going to speed up your transition from defence to attack. John John Stones can pick out passes with much more pace than with all due respect to a Kanji and Ake, and even Ruben Diaz. But I give Diaz the leeway because he's a leader. Um, the, we we know it's in the tank, and that second half performance. If we can pick up from that and bring that form into into future games, I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling. I'm not saying we'll, we'll, we'll catch Arsenal or win the league, but we'll make a good rattle of it. I think this that that second half has to be the benchmark. It has to be a statement made that this is how we intend moving forward. We've put our blunders behind us, and um, we we fixed up. We found our energy again, and that's just the way it has to be. I have no problem with players making mistakes. I have no problem with Ederson making mistakes. Yes, of course it's annoying. But it's a whole team performance that I want to see, and that's what I did see in the second half.
3: Yeah, look, Edison is absolute pivotal, crucial to the way you guys play. Can it's my, like having an extra game game
1: man. Yeah. Edison. That tonight's game completely sums up Edison as a goalkeeper. He has the bozo gene, but then he goes and gets an assist in the ninety-third minute. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you can't do anything with, with that. You have to say leave oh, him. Was in. that his
3: assist? Was that? I didn't. I he got the assist. That. yeah, Yeah. yeah. He's wild, man. Imagine.
1: Oh, shit. Oh, shit. shit. And that's his his second assist against Tottenham. He got got one for Gundogan. He's my keeper
3: in the FPL. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's his
1: second against
4: Tottenham, Grizz.
3: I like you got me an assist, you know. You mad. It's not showing up, bro. Are you lying to me? Uh,
4: Good. I stopped stopped playing FPL. Uh, Yeah, you're lying
3: to me. FPL didn't give it to him, you know. I'm literally just checking now. It's because it was more was of a it. blunder
4: well by the defender. That's probably Intercept, why. I yeah, think I, think I think
5: the defender touched it before it fell to oh, um, yeah. oh, So It, it would have been an assist, but the Tottenham defender touched it. So. Oh, man. FPL, yeah. man. Get out of here, man. It's
1: still an outrageous
5: shoes.
3: ball. It's an outrageous ball, man. But, fill out now, Today, tonight you felt what us Liverpool fans have been feeling for season after season after season. Because mm. this team, they don't give up. And they keep chasing you, casing you. What did you... F- like, did you really think... Satina it here. Have you got something for me, Mr. Antonio Conte? And then he pulls out a 2-0 lead for you guys. Because I saw a lot of Arsenal mm-hmm. fans. And Hughie's telling me he had a lot of Arsenal fans texting him at halftime mm-hmm. and shit. Was you one of those that thought, I believe?
4: Yeah, honestly, at that point... You're yeah, thinking, honestly, yeah, yeah. There's two, honestly. there's two reasons for it, right? Number one... The Tottenham Man City games we've seen in the past, where Tottenham somehow just get a result against Man City, that's obviously in my head. I'm like, okay, maybe they're gonna do it again. Also, a part of me was like, listen, we just destroyed them, you know, the other day. They're coming into this game with zero pressure, zero expectation. You reckon? Nothing- you reckon there was no zero? I think. I think Conte's. Conte. I think
3: Conte's. Uh, I'm gonna get the guys' opinions on it. I think Conte is under huge pressure now. I can see a melting pot right there.
4: Yeah, as I say, he might be under pressure. Of course he is. He's He gets paid, I don't know, he might get 20 million a year or something like that. Someone, was it 12 million? I don't know. He gets paid a lot of money at the very least, right? He's one of the highest paid managers in the Premier League. He's going to have pressure. But if, you're, if you've just lost to Arsenal, you're going away to Man City. I, who expected Tottenham to win today? I don't think anyone really nah, no did one. deep down. No right? Mm. So they're going into this game they don't really have much to lose. If they do get a point, if they do get a win, that's going to be good. Get them back chasing top four and all of that sort of stuff there. But, yeah, really and truly, they're coming to the game without pressure. When they go 2-0 up and they've gone into half time now, you're thinking, right, five at the back, defend, be tough to beat, and and just wipe Man City, you know, away. But really and truly, I think Man City, what's happening this season, and that second-half performance, Hugh, like, made a good like a little point there i think that second half performance is what we've used to see from man city in the first half of games where they will go two, free nil up and we're like yeah there's no point watching anymore because man city have yeah. already won they haven't found that gear yet a lot of their games right now and i think it might be because of the way they're set up like even today the way they were that first half especially i know we're talking about edison him being at fault for some of the goals for me, really and truly, it was because of the way they were trying to build up the pressure that Tottenham were putting on them that led to those goals. It wasn't because Edison had a... Yes, he did have a bit of a bozo moment, but the reason for it was because of the way they were trying to pass out the back with that free in front. Then you got Rico Lewis and Rodri as a two in there. Like It wasn't working for a while, but that second-half performance, I think that's a real Man City. They really stepped up and they need to play in that gear if they have any chance of... A, catching up Arsenal in the Premier League and two, trying to win the Champions League this season. Because still, that's obviously going to be probably, depending on how this season goes, that's probably going to be one of the biggest goals, right? Nah. nah, well, this, is, nah. this is what I was
3: going to say. I was going to say, Matisse, Matisse. No, no, no. Like, we've been going to and fro with, with Steve and Huey and, and, and Daps, whoever's covering on the City Channel. Nah. I'm you saying nah.
5: Focus nah. on the focus on the Prem.
3: Oh, see, because this is what I was going to say. You've got a different angle. So if people don't know... Focus. You already know Matisse is absolutely... I know he's wearing a big fuck-off gown, but (laughs) underneath that, he's sweating like mad because he can't believe that Arsenal are A, in a title race, and Matisse, the way things are going, the way teams are looking and, and, and City scraping over the line in games and stuff,
5: and Arsenal looking, cruising... Is this really happening, Matisse? It, it really is, and I um I've got a lot invested in this as a human because you know Grizz people are starting to stop me in the streets, telling me you still think Arteta's mid-table, yeah, mid-table manager. I got stopped in um in the station in Bond Street. I was just there trying to send a couple messages no, with no, some no. Wi-Fi before I went on the Elizabeth Line on the tube. I'm, I'm telling you, life's my number, saying, yo, is that is that Matisse? I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. yeah, what's going on? Like, Who will you support? Yeah, Arsenal. I was like, oh, you're the, you're the fifth one today. After the big six, that 12K concurrent, yeah? It held strong in the, in the streets. I can't even go outside anymore, Grizz. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, I'm telling you, you reap
3: what you sow. You reap what you sow. Life's different.
5: Yo, everybody's like, yo, yo, what are you saying now about Arteta? I said, yo, don't worry about it, sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? Just let me... <laughs> so I desperately don't need... You know, if Arteta wants to have a little title race, it's cool. Because Ranieri... Do you, know Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody's had one, <laughs> everybody's had one before. Yeah. <laughs> but if he if he wins it, oh god, it's gonna be a problem for me. But, but, but is lie. it but
3: is it but look
5: <laughs> look from a
3: footballing point of view, right? Mm. If we tried to take that
5: tribalism out of our system, yeah, the best team in the league, man. Looking, like, it's looking what, what Man City did today only makes me more concerned. Like, yeah, you came back and that's great. But it just goes to show once again, first half against a Tottenham team that no one really ranks very highly. They've been probably one of the worst teams in terms of performing in first halves this season. And they've, you know, they have they've, they've not been great. And then they go and get the two goals, obviously in quick succession against City. Yeah, City have come back, but this is this is not this is not filling me with confidence, man. I'm sorry. Do you know what I mean? It's just not. So right now arsenal are the best team first half second half doesn't matter what you want yeah you know i mean they're playing the best football they look like the most organized in terms of not conceding goals which manchester, manchester city are doing as well so yeah for me right now from a footballing aspect arsenal are arsenal are playing the best stuff man so but hopefully when it comes push to, push comes to shove and this is where he will always have a point and and you know last 10 game running you know Each weekend, pressure, you know, stress, like you're talking about being hunted, being chasing, whatever it is, you're going to feel that pressure in the last 10 games when the media are talking about it. Everyone's talking about the title race, every single, you know, the whispers around the ground, fans are starting to talk about it. It's going to get to the, is it going to get to the players? So, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be tough. I don't think they're going to run away with it, you know. That would be mm. insane. If they were to just run away with it, that would be nuts. But if it starts getting closer and, you know, two, three points in it every yeah, game, so it's going to be interesting. But, Do you know what
3: yeah. uh, says? Uh, this is the big five. Only five teams... Only teams, sorry, with trophies are here. Listen, I, I, at halftime, don't get me wrong, at halftime, I was regretting not asking Toby to come on or, or a Spurs fan, one of the Spurs brothers, to come on because... Do you know what I mean? But then I because th- initially I thought, look, it's going to be peak for them. Like, what can you say to a Spurs fan anymore, Michael? That not being said, right? Like, Spurs fans, uh, what can you say to them? Like at this stage, there's no banter. I don't get any pleasure in bantering Spurs fans right now. I don't know about you,
1: bro. Uh, they, do, do you like do you do you like your channel monetized? Demonetization, YouTube bullying guidelines. The, that's that's strike what i I will yeah,
3: always enjoy I,
5: it personally. No, you're um,
2: you're
3: you're nasty. You're nasty, Michael, it's true that when it you can't ban to Spurs people, man. I, I, I would I'm, tell I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a community man. Yeah, That's what I, I am. would
2: I would tell Spurs fans to find a hipster team to support and just like get, get some vibes over there. Like go support Brighton, get some good football in you see what that feels like because it's clearly not Antonio Conte ball. But yeah, I want to big up from this game though specifically Riyad Mahrez because mm-hmm. the way that he's been performing mm-hmm. since the World Cup. We talk about, like, X-Factor a lot, like, players, like, City, they like the dynamism on the wings, Jack Grealish and everything, but Riyad Mars in that second half, took the game from the scruff of the neck, and that was one of the best performances, honestly, that we've seen from a winger this season, like, he was just, that's an all-timer right there, first bout Hall of Famer, that's a man that's won, Lester, obviously, we all remember that run, and then, even Man City, because a lot of people on Twitter call, call, call Mars like, Burnley, man, he'll score the fourth goal in a 6-0 win against Burnley, that's nah. always been the thing on him, but... If you remember that Champions League against PSG, that semi-final, he's the one that scored clutch goals. And they needed that, they needed someone else today because Holland wasn't on it. He was missing a couple of sitters. KDB was on the bench. So who was gonna rise? And today was Lawrence.
4: Morris. Just to add yeah. on that point quickly, right? Just to add on that point. I honestly think some of the, the biggest difference between Arsenal and Man City. Well, there's two differences, but because I say the centre-backs, Arsenal centre-backs are very, you know, that Gabriel and Saliba form such settled. a great partnership. Yeah, they're, they're very settled. Man City are not so settled, but they do have some very good centre-backs. But I think the biggest difference right now between Arsenal and City is the wide players. I think Martinelli and Saka, yeah. and then you've got Grealish and then Mahrez. If Mares second half season steps up, yes, we know his quality. But I think those are the difference makers in the team, right, in terms of why the two teams are performing the way they are. If you look at Man City today, the way they were playing, they needed Mahrez to step really? up and he did. So fair play oh, to him. Did. But they also, they also needed Grealish to step up. He tried, but still he, he lacks that cutting edge. He lacks that extra bit of, whether it's just athleticism really, just to beat his man repeatedly 1v1. One, one so I think, yeah, if Man City it can get a left winger in, I think that would really open up a new... You know, realm of possibilities for them.
3: Mm. We have got Said uh, in the building, of course. Mixed emotions this week for my brother as well. He's been going through the mill as well. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, let me know if you wanna if you wanna jump on as well if you've had your dinner and whatnot because I know you're you're you and Matisse are pure football focus and grandstand. These two <laughs> you guys are mad. But listen, Huey, very briefly, very quickly. There's a couple. There's a bit rumours about sort of. Gundogan going at the end of the season, Bernardo mm-hmm. Silva. We know even Riyad Morris' stories coming out today as well. Is there a little bit of a of course? You know, we're going to come on to Liverpool, massive refresh needed there. But is there a little bit of a changing of the guard that's needed over the summer with you guys? Like your average age is quite high now. You've got a couple of players there, you know, that especially around the mid like Silva, Gundawan. Key, key, key players. Kevin De Bruyne is not getting any younger. I'm not saying, of course, I'm not saying. He's at probably at the peak of his career right now. But trust me, at that age, it only takes one season to fall off. Ask us, Fabinho, you know, uh, yeah. Henderson, what these guys So, Is there a little bit of a rebuild, refreshing job needed?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more and more, as the days are going on, we're seeing you know credible journalists saying City are looking to rebuild and refresh. I mean, the Gunduan De Barça thing—it uh, was yeah. one of those Spanish journalists. Uh, I forget his name. You'd know. You'd know him anyway. He says they've they've an agreement in place. And listen, Gunduan was Pep's first ever signing when he joined the club. That's eight years nearly.
3: What a signing! Uh, and he, and
1: he, what a signing, man! What a servant, club captain, multiple Premier Leagues, multiple cups. You know the Jazz. He's done two Champions League finals as well in his career amazing signing but I can see it it makes sense as, as sad as it is to see Gundo go it makes sense you know let Gundo go to Barca they need him they'll get him on a free and then you know hopefully we can go and spend the cash on, on someone like Bellingham. I think if we're going to spend big cash I think it'll be on one midfielder because we've just signed you have to bear in mind this Maximo Perone guy who's going to join us this season he's going to be part of our first team squad this season once this tell us sub- about
5: him tell
3: us about him he's a midfielder Not-
1: He's a he's a box to box number eight. He, he's a he's got everything apparently that Gundogan has. He's great in the ball. He's a good passer. He just need, he's physical. He's aggressive. He just needs to work on a, on a couple of small things. He's young. He's playing under under twenty football for Argentina. But there must be something special in him. If Pep saying no, don't send him to Girona or or a CFG club. Bring him into the club now. I want him now. He's one for the future. So you can see Bernardo, he has to go. He has to go. I love Bernardo Silva, but I'm sick of this. I'm waiting for my next opportunity, my next project. The guy has to go, so I can expect him and almost certainly Gumdwan to go. is going to come in. I think we're, we're going to go for Bellingham. Uh, I, I know you know stuff about Bellingham, but just from my perspective on my club, I think we're going to go balls to the wall to get Bellingham. You've also got Foden, who I, I, I'm almost certain is going to be a regular fit in midfield next season too. I can see the rebuild, although I don't think it's as maybe extravagant as some people yeah. believe. It's definitely not as deep as, as yours. You need a whole yeah. you know, restructuring in the, in the middle. We just need to tweak a few things, Tweaks. bring more in, in, uh, and we should be good to go. But it is sad mm. to say goodbye to legends, in my opinion, Gunduan and Bernardo, but it's football.
3: 100%, 100% it is football. Um, and that followed, tonight's game followed with a mad game at Crystal Palace. Man United fans were popping off everywhere, man. They were looking forward to Arsenal already, but there was a Palace and Vieira in the way very quickly. I mean, um, I know we spoke about it yesterday, so we're not going to dwell on it too, too much, but Michael, how did it feel, man, in that? Because, like, the game was quite comfortable in that first half, I'm not going to lie. Again, I I, I hate football. i done a quick YouTube short at half-time, and I said I hate football because Man United looked good again, and I was really depressed, sat on my sofa. And then at full time, you know what I mean? You know, I said life, 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 life can change just like that, man. Because one free kick and bang. It really must have been deflating. Are you still deflated or are you thinking, no, you know what? Point four points out of six and we go to Arsenal.
2: I'm taking that. I got, I'm mostly deflated about Casemiro being suspended. It was like a one two punch. I got, I got just jabbed one, two, one, two times because that Casemiro one, once I saw him get the yellow, I'm like, that's Arsenal game is probably going to be a loss because we're going to go in with McFred. One last dance, like it's Michael Jordan's documentary. That's what it's going to feel like on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, And then that free kick, I've watched that free kick at least 17 times by now just to see, mm-hmm. like, is there anything that could have been done? And that was just a feature of a free kick. Like he'd hit the bar. Elise, does, anybody, does anybody
3: know why he didn't celebrate? Does anybody know? Is he that's, got that's just what he does.
2: Apparently, apparently, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah, that's his thing. QPR, his ex-teammates at Reading, I think, said okay. that he doesn't celebrate after he scores. But unless, I mean, unless
1: it's, it's like a, a
4: sure, sure winner, he doesn't celebrate. Mm. Mm. He's on the really? Balotelli vibe. He's he's. Does a postman celebrate Whoa. when he delivers his post? Is that
5: is that
3: why he's yeah. saying?
4: That's the one.
2: Man's got swag. Yeah. Okay. I like that. But, yeah, back to yeah. The, like the United game. It's just that second half. Like, that first half, Grace, I was tweeting like a crazy man. I'm like, this counter press has me. It's making me feel different. This is amazing football. The center backs are pushing up. Root, of course, is doing nice little flick touches and everything. Mm. But that second half, no one can keep the ball. Bruno was kicking it long. Erickson was kicking it long. Casemiro was kicking it long. Anthony was doing he – was, he wasn't doing spins, but he wasn't doing anything else otherwise. Marcus Rashford looks tired, probably from carrying the team on his back. Everyone needs a rest once, once in a while. And we talk about mentality a lot. The mentality, like I saw with the Casemiro, like Bruno, Bruno's face looked deflated and he's the club captain. Casemiro's like, what can I do? I had, it was like a reaction from him. And mentality's just not there already for Man United. We're not there yet. I know a lot of people are talking about title race and everything, but we're just not there yet. We, we're we going to have to reassess in the summer, get some more signings and more quality players. And most importantly, get that tempo setter in. I need a tempo setter ASAP because Ericsson. Good player will be good depth next season, but he can't control the game. And Bruno and Casimiro love playing balls over the top. Oh, harsh, but I need not, not harsh, not harsh. Ericsson is he's good, but, but I need someone that can carry the ball. He can't carry the ball. He's an amazing passer, but his dribbling is, has never been there. Even when he was yeah, at his yeah, prime his yeah. he's never a dribbler. He's always been a, a like a playmaker in terms of passing. I need a Frankie De Young, Manu Kone, Enzo Lefi, Maxence Caquer. I can name 100 million midfielders that could come in right now. And yeah, just, can level. you say?
3: Can you save a couple for us, please? No, 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 no! no right. I'm not saying
2: anything. I need all of them. I need, I, need, <laughs> I need. to get until Scott McTominay cannot does not play at this football club. That's when I'll stop buying Solid player. Solid player. It? For you, my Everybody, friend. Twenty.
3: For every you, my friend, team 50, them to
4: Newcastle, man. Eddie Hazard, something.
3: Every squad needs a Scott. Scott McTominay. Nah, every I don't squad. Know about that. Um, elect, champions elect below. Are you ready? Sunday. Mm. This is probably. This is what you're going to get for Arsenal fans now. Trust me, innit? Like, City will tell you the same. Liverpool fans will tell you the same. Chelsea, not m- recently, but they know what I'm talking about. When we say every game is going to be looked at the biggest game of the season so mm-hmm. far. That's the way it goes. And right now, this is the biggest game as far as you're concerned of the season so far. Are you ready for Man United minus Casemiro? Or does it matter to you? Because you just need to focus on yourself. How are you feeling getting into this game? This is super Sunday.
4: Mm, super. And yeah, listen, for me, we were ready with or without Casemiro mm. turning up to the carpet. I think, listen, honestly, going to this game, I feel as confident as confident should be. This is bordering on the lines of cocky now, right? This is oh, getting... Shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what kind of number to give it. If it's out of 100, I might be 150 right now in terms of my confidence for how much I believe that we're going to turn them over on the weekend, right? But the reason for that is it's based on the football. It's not based on hope and delusion and all of this sort of stuff. It's based on the fact that I've seen consistently throughout this season Arsenal, every single game, take control. And even that includes for me the game that we lost at Old Trafford to Man United, right? So I think coupled with the fact that we lost that game to United without Thomas Party coming into this game with Thomas Partey back in the team. Trossard, hopefully, will be on the bench for that game if he gets registered in time. I think the feel-good factor is there. I think the football we're playing is there. And I just don't see a way out for Man United. I thought Casemiro, was there... Yeah, maybe he could offer something, but even in that game, like we saw against Palace, I think you get the runners in and around him. You get Odegaard and Shaka, Shaka just right pulling off him. Odegaard, I think he would have picked up a yellow card, he might have lost his head as well, so you never know. But yeah, I guess we'll never know. But yeah, really and truly, I'm confident for this game. I think we're playing great football. United, of course, a counter attack is always going to be there. Rashford, Garnacho, if he gets a look in, but for me as well, if Anthony's playing, right, I think again that's one side of the pitch where I'm not too scared. Wan-Bissaka, he's going to just be focusing on trying to lock up Martinelli. You can focus on him. Odegaard, Saka, they'll be doing the thing on the right. And yeah, big up my boy Eddie Nketiah as well, man. I've been singing his praises pre-season to now. The development of him over the last 12 months has been incredible to watch as a fan because he was always a player that we saw come in as someone who was just going to poach a goal. You know, he he, he can get in the box, fox in the box, all of that, but his all-round game... His development as a athlete as well has been incredible. Some of the little touches he was playing against, you know, Tottenham. You thinking is that Gabriel Jesus? Is it, was it Ketia? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, big him up. Yeah, I'm confident for this game. I don't know what else I can say, but I don't know how Michael's feeling. I think Michael's feeling as confident as me, but on the Arsenal side, you know, no, no, as in you, you believe in Arsenal just like the way I believe, and that's and honestly, <laughs> right? Did you see De Gea's quotes? Did you see De Gea's quotes? What he said after the game, and he was right. like, yeah, he's talking about. He's like, he's already lost. Coming into the Emirates Stadium, I think Ten Hag's trying to G up the boys. I like Ten Hag's mentality to be honest. He said we've already beat Arsenal once, we can do it again, bloody, bloody, blah, blah. But some of the players clearly don't believe when Casemiro got that yellow card, all their faces, man. Yeah, it's yeah, the
3: body language wasn't good, I thought. And some United fans were saying that the body language kind of sort of helped the mentality of the team, it affected them in the last 10 minutes, and it shouldn't have. Uh, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, Sai sends in a super chat. And he's obviously an Arsenal fan. He's a gassed Arsenal fan. Like now A lot of gassed <laughs> Arsenal fans. And this is what's winding Matisse up on the whole, really, to be honest with you. He says, Not disappointed because City are rubbish. Look how Arsenal handled Spurs away compared to City at home. We'll smash City. Don't need the Spuds. Matisse, we don't like this arrogance. Football, we, as we know, is a humbler. Are we expecting Sunday? What are you expecting
5: Sunday? Now that Casemiro is not there, I'm not going to lie. I'm not expecting much. Really? Yeah. Mm. The big loss, man. He's been their best player. He's literally been their, their key player. Obviously, Rashford is right up there. Martinez before the World Cup, now not so in, in, integral. Casemiro is everything to that, that team, man, in terms of the getting the balance right. And Ten Hag come out and said it in terms of getting that six. Man United fans have said it for years, having Fred and McTominay in there. I just think when you lose him, who's going to come in and do what he does? Nobody. McTominay can't do what he does. Fred can't do what he does. Um, Ericsson definitely can't do what he does. So you can't replace that. They don't have a replacement for that. And we saw how important it was to Arsenal in the reverse mm, fixture yeah, not having part. So it's exactly the same thing here for me. Um, the only difference is obviously Arsenal going to dominate the ball. I expect them to anyway because Ten Hag is always willing to, this season at least, give the ball back to the opposition and, and sit in and, and do more of a counter-attacking job if he has to. Um, but yeah, for me, Arsenal will, will will win that one. And even Trossard, will he be available? I mean, I don't
4: know if it's too late, registration wise. Yeah, they're trying the to do the medical uh, early enough, register. Yeah, could so, be. No, well. the oh,
3: man, there's time, man. It's Thursday, man. It's yeah, Thursday. I think oh, it, it needs to
4: be before like Friday, mid-day, twelve p.m. Right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it
5: could be maybe too early for him, but if it if he if he makes it, he could be on the bench. Yeah, for me, for me, I think this has got Arsenal written all over. it, I think. Huey, um How are you seeing this game now? I mean, obviously, you're
3: wanting um, Arsenal. Sorry, you're wanting United to win, which is a bit of a uh, a shit one. Yeah, it's a bit of a shit one. I've been down this road, brother. I've been down this road. I'm kind of happy that I don't give a shit about the top of the table anymore. I have to, I don't have to support Man United, willing them on against Man City and all that kind of business anymore, man. Fuck this. But how do you see it though, from a footballing point of view, with taking away the the, the what you want as a Man City fan?
1: If you're just looking at it for what it is, I'm the exact same as the rest of the lads. I can't see anything but an Arsenal win. I mean, we, I don't want to double and triple over the Casemiro thing, but that is a massive loss. But if you do deep it a little bit, it may play into United's hands. Because everybody I are, think so. Everybody are, are, are sort of writing off United and saying, no, Arsenal are now this juggernaut, no Casemiro. How can they control the game? How can they stop Arsenal? United may just say, right, listen, yeah. Arsenal are expected to win. The pressure is no longer on us. We can just go uh, and have a pop at Arsenal. I mean, if we're being real, there are players in that Man United team that can punish Arsenal. I mean, Rashford, he looked a little bit tired against Crystal Palace, but I, I, I think Ben White's sick. I think he's a baller. But if Rashford comes in and firing form, I'd fancy Rashford to give him a right good go down that left-hand side. Um, I don't know, will Waghorse will, will play? I mean, Bruno's on fire right now. There's still plenty of firepower in that Man United team to give Arsenal something to worry about. So you have to look at it from both sides. Yes, the expectations on Arsenal to go out and probably wipe the floor of them. But United can say, right, Le, pressure's off us. Let's go and have a pop. Uh, I'm not seeing to- it. I'm not seeing this wipe the floor, people,
3: man. I don't know why you are all so confident. Like I'm trying to be, and I'm, and I swear I'm just looking at it from a neutral football man point of view. I think it's going to be a cracking game. Casemiro is a huge loss, of course, but Man United have shown they've got a structure now that doesn't that doesn't depend on individuals, in my opinion. They've always been relying on individuals. Now they've got a structure. Even when he makes his subs or rotates one or two, my my worry, if I was Man United, would be that right side, like. You guys know what I think of Anthony. I, I, I'm not like Juan Bisaka has come into massive form and looks like he can, you know, compete with anyone one on one. Rashford on the other side, I think Weghorst is a smart, smart signing. Is there any sign of, do you know how you're going to set up on that run? Do you think it's going to be Anthony, Michael? Like the rest of the team pretty much picks itself. But what you're going to do, you, do you go with Bruno out there or,
2: or you go with Anthony? If it was up to me, I'm not seeing Anthony for the next month. This guy needs to ride a bench for the whole, for oh, the whole shit. next month. Like, I, I'm i honestly Like, even his teammates look like... Him and Bruno were going into a Portuguese versus, like, different dialect of cursing at each other yesterday. They're, like, at halftime. Yeah, was, that, was like, that was funny.
3: That was funny. I just...
2: I don't think... Anthony, for me... First of all, I don't think the team right now suits him. The way he wants to play at IX is a little different. We're not up to those standards yet in terms of, like, the rotation. And just this guy... This guy doesn't. His guy uses his right foot less than Ziek does. And Z, I call it Ziyech very one-footed. Anthony, his right foot, that it doesn't exist. He's literally one-footed. Like that. Some said that's like a prosthetic for him. That right
4: foot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. But I would. I expect him to actually use Bruno out there, because honestly, like in terms of counter threat, Anthony's supposed to be quick, right? That's what FIFA. That's on uh, FIFA. He's quick. Everyone thinks that he's Brazilian winger. That he's meant to be quick. But honestly, once this guy goes on the transition, he turns back on his. Left foot, and I know Zinchenko is a very smart footballer, so he'll lock up. He'll lock that up quick. So for me, mm. I go Bruno. But honestly, I I honestly think it's the first twenty minutes that this is the game. If Arsenal do not score in the first twenty minutes, I actually reckon that we could get a draw, because Arsenal in those first twenty minutes they go at you like hounds. We all know, like, you will know, like that. After after you guys uh, drew to Everton, the Arsenal Brighton game, but Saka score within a minute. That like they just score so quick. And against us, that first 10 minutes, we were so good against them at Old Trafford that they didn't score against us, and it set the tone for the rest of the match. So if we can avoid conceding, like 15, 16, blah, will remember. Alexis Sanchez, Meza Ozo. they absolutely put the dagger on us in that first 10 minutes. That's what it was the game. If we don't concede, I think that we could actually get a draw because on the counter, we're one of the best teams in the world, honestly. On the counter, we are lethal. The, the ball from the first to the third phase goes by so quick, whether it's Casemiro in there, because even Casemiro didn't play in that first game at Old Trafford. He came mm. off the bench. But we have beaten them without Mirror before. Scott McTominay, funnily enough, played probably one of his best passes of the season in that game, setting up that first goal from McTominay to Bruno. So who knows? We could do something. Sancho, Sancho is back, but he's not playing this game. He's not ready yet. I was this just going to say, ready. he's not going to play, surely. He's with goal in the Dutch mountains yeah. getting ready for the rest of the season, <laughs> but he ain't ready for this <laughs> game yet. So,
4: hmm. I want to see what kind of Sancho comes back, man. I'm, if it's Dorman
2: Sancho, I'll be happy. Will it be we'll Dorman Sancho?
4: I don't know. But I think Michael makes a great point, you know, about the early goal. Even last year, Nuno Tavares scored that early goal and Two that set in. the tone of the game, right? But I think, yeah, it, then obviously guys came back into it. Cristiano Ronaldo put off some wonderful performance, especially after what happened to him, like, just the day before, pretty much. So, yeah, I was, like, happy for him in that sort of way. But, yeah, honestly, I think the first 20 minutes are always going to be key in these big games, especially when you're playing at home in front of your uh, in front of the fans. Yeah, I think for an away team especially, Man United, are going to have to calm that down Try and take control of it if they can, but really and truly, without Casemiro, now they're gonna set up even more to be a counter attacking and threat. And I don't know, Michael Ganaccio on the right is that something that we can see, or is he not intelligent yet, you know, to play in that position?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we don't have a striker right now, like, white right I don't think Westworld can play this game. I'm Grizz knows I was part of Woot Hive and everything, but I saw this guy run. This might be the slowest person I've ever seen in my life. I'm not this guy might actually be the slowest person I've ever seen in my life. So I don't think he can play in this game when we're going to be playing on the transition. Martial, I don't know if he's fit. He didn't play. He wasn't even in the squad yesterday. So this Martial, brother. This, this Martial, Martial guy, man. Brother. This guy's on my last nerve. But That means if Martial's not ready and Whitehorse probably won't play, that means Rashford is through the middle. So I think that puts Garnacho on the left. Hmm. And then that right hand side, I don't know. I mean, Rashford against Benway. I've, I've seen that. I've seen Rashford. Yeah, I don't like think I, you can play Rashford I
4: down the
3: middle. We don't need to pick on your team. Your team picks itself, right, Bilal? There's going to be no surprise, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so, I'm gonna, exactly. Shane sends in a super chat. He says, These Arsenal fans are playing well. These Arsenal fans are playing well and are acting like they're going to dominate forever. My mate said they're winning four out of the next six Premier League titles. I think they need some humbling. We already know people. Football is a humbler, and the way they've been going on, man like Matisse are waiting for them to capitulate this season. I'm telling you now, it's gonna so get messy thing. Hum-
1: you, you, you need to offer those Arsenal fans some advice, man. You've been that guy a couple points clear in January, in February, it. and it all fall apart.
3: I'm saying it, I'm saying it every week. I say to my son, I, I tease him, I say, Yeah, yeah. So what looking good? We're winning the league. And then I just send laughing emojis to him. <laughs> 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 and then and then and then they win 3-2 And I say long season. And he just he doesn't swear back at me because he knows I'll slap him. No, not slap him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, you know, virtual, virtual slap him. Yeah. But he already knows. But he already knows. He already knows. Bilal, you know what it is?
4: Arsenal fans. <laughs> uh, just to say this, right? We were shameless when we were rubbish. So Yeah, yeah. That's the problem like with you,
3: lot. You're too shameless. Mm-hmm. So, All I'm saying is
2: yeah, do not lose on Sunday. Do not lose on Sunday. Because if you do lose impossible, on Sunday, impossible. that's only a five-point gap. Man City are going to be sniffing like sharks on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna yeah. Be wolf,
3: man City man, so. are going to smash Wolves. They're not going to do another yeah, yeah. fucking... Yeah, yeah. Wolves, Wolves, man. But Bilal, uh, before we move on, um, you mans are making... Uh, well, you lost that to, to Todd Bowley stalking your other signings. He, he surely <laughs> couldn't have stalked this one. Um, You look got... You'd move from Mudrik to Trossard. I think this is a very shrewd signing. I think it's a very good mm. signing. I think he's technically mm. quick. Uh, sorry, technically good, quick in the mind. And that's exactly yeah. what uh, Arteta is looking for. I don't think he's necessarily a first-teamer, but it's, it gives you that depth that you're looking for.
4: Yeah, 100%. I think Troussard's a player Arsenal actually been linked to for years. Since he was in Belgium playing for Genk, I believe, he was been linked to Arsenal... And actually, Arsenal's assistant manager, I believe, was his manager apparently in 2017. I wasn't even familiar with that. So, Arsenal, obviously, the assistant manager of today knows about him. Arsenal, before a few years ago, were looking at Trossard as well. So, yeah, I think he's a very good sign, signing. Someone who plays in that Brighton team that we talk about all the time, that they play great football, technical football, one-touch passing, all of that sort of stuff. And he's somebody who can play on the right. He can play through the middle, which he's been doing great. Grizz will know he scored a hat-trick. At Anfield this season Mm -hmm. alone He Mm -hmm. can play off the left I think this is a good signing And the difference between a signing like Trossard And the prospect of getting someone like Mudrik Is despite how good everyone was saying Mudrik Is going to become We already know how good Trossard is and that's for me in January, it's something that I can take comfort in. I don't think for this price, there's many better wingers in this market. They'll talk about Musa Diaby at Leverkusen for 80 million euros or something. I'm like, that's not a deal that we should be doing. But Trasad at this price, 28 years old, he's ready to play. And listen, if we get past Man City in the FA Cup, you'd fancy us probably to go deep in that competition as well. I don't know how seriously Arteta's going to take the Europa League, but I assume, knowing Arteta's mentality and all of that, he's going to take the Europa League seriously, which for me as a fan, I don't know. I'm, I might be a, in a minority. I'm not too sure. I I feel like a lot of Arsenal fans don't really care about the Europa League. I think it's one of those ones when you're not... If you can't get top four, then yeah, win the Europa League. But if you're going to get Champions League football, the incentive to win the Europa League goes down and down and down. But yeah, Trossard's a good signing. I'm happy to see him come to the team. And yeah, I think... Yeah, I think he's just going to fit us like a glove. But I'm hoping to now see Arsenal push. We know we have money, but please just bring me one midfielder. Elneny is picked up another injury again. He was injured towards the last transfer window where we tried to sign Douglas Louise in the last minute as well. I need to see another midfielder come in. There's, what, two weeks to go or whatever.
3: Matisse, does that surprise you that they went for an attacker as opposed to a midfielder? Because I think every man, woman, cat, dog knows that if Partey's injured yeah. for any any part of the season, they're going to struggle. Um, are you surprised? Very much like some people are surprised Liverpool went for an attacker as opposed to a midfielder as well. Or does was Tross had an opportunity they couldn't refuse?
5: No, for, for me, they had to get this done, man. Um, mm-hmm. They have no depth there. I saw it against Newcastle when they were looking for a goal and Arteta, Arteta's turning to his bench and he's seeing Marquinhos and he's seeing, like, Nelson and he's like, Nah. <laughs> Nah, let's just let's just keep it moving with these lots. So if Saka was to get an injury, if Martinelli was to get an injury, if Inkayi was to get an injury, they have nobody behind them, literally mm. nobody, and they've got Europa League football starting up again soon. So that's gonna be twice a week. They Makes need sense. they need a Trossard, and Trossard's one of them players that because he's from Brighton, he's played left wing back, he's played left wing. I've seen him even come off the right at times. Just finishing wise, I think both feet, he's he's pretty strong. So. I think at that age as well, he doesn't block anybody's development plan, but he can come in and do a job. It's, it's not the most expensive deal, you know, £27 million pounds for a 27-year-old, it's, nice. it's, it's nice, nice. Yeah. it's cushy. Um, he wanted to leave desperately. He needs to now get back on the horse and focus on, you know, from his point of view, he needs to get back to his form that he's shown before the World Cup because he hasn't been playing since the World Cup. Obviously, he's had his own issues with um, so I think it's a shrewd deal. I really do. Um, if it doesn't work out, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, they yeah. might market value wise, they might not pick up. You know, their money back, but it's not that. It's not that deep. Now they have to go and get a midfielder though, because you're right. If Party gets injured, you know they have nobody there. They tried to look hungry against United Old Trafford. He got mm-hmm. spun. Didn't make a single tackle all game. Um, statistically, literally, not not me just saying that for dramatic effect. Um, wow. Yeah,
4: he didn't make a single tackle. A um, DM. Yeah, don't talk to me about Lokonga. That sorry. guy is a fraud. That's huge, guy. Vincent company recommending us these scrubs, man. <laughs> honestly, I'm not yeah. happy with it. Yeah, Lokonga, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. I don't want to attack you on a platform where there's hundreds of people watching. Guys hit the like button and all of that. But honestly, yeah, we need that midfielder. But one thing I just want to add, right? Trossard signing. We've given Brighton some money. I'm hearing now they don't want to sell Kaiseido anymore. So listen. Well, we're bro. gonna my get my to that. We're gonna
3: hold fire because I've got a few issues <laughs> with Matisse about how his club are operating and ruining football game. But very quickly, here we on Trossard. No risk. I think it was an opportunity that they couldn't let go after Modric got way outpriced for them.
1: I think I would label it a, a champion signing. I would say it's, it's the oh. way a, cha- a, a, a want-to-be-champions would move. I'm not saying it's going to win in the Premier League, but it's a, a, the mean. way a want-to-be-champions would move. You're bringing in a trusted Premier League-proven player, and what Matisse touched on there was the most important thing. When you're talking about the, the contrast and quality between Arsenal's starting eleven and maybe their bench, you're bringing in, first of all, like I said, a Premier League-proven player for a good price, who can play a whole variety of positions. So you get a, an injury in a few positions, you've got cover. Mm. Trossard can come in. And then you're talking about the European football, the FA Cup football. He will play all of that. You don't need to play uh, whoever. You can take one of the top players out for those games. It's smart. It's shrewd, and it'll probably work in their favour. I would imagine. I, I can't see it being a hindrance. Uh,
3: Bilal and Michael, I need, uh, I need uh, predictions
4: from you two. Michael, go first, because yeah, I don't. Um, I don't
2: I'm not gonna. Ba- I'm not. I'm. I'm never gonna put my team to lose. So I'll go one-one draw.
4: Listen, I, I, I've been feeling a little 4 0 That's what I've been feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm feeling. I, I'm feeling some dangerous activities, man, on Sunday. I, like I feel like we're gonna finish them. So I don't know. This is the energy that I think a lot of us is gonna come in as fans into that stadium. That we're coming
3: for the smokes. Fair I, enough, bro. Fair I'm enough, you, bro. <laughs> you know I mean, I don't see skull uh, in the in the in the chat anywhere, so you're safe. You know, what I mean, you're not in you're not in shark infested waters on on this channel, so it's all good. Say what you want, bro. Um, shark. <laughs> but but but, uh, Matisse. Indeed. Um, look, me and you have been coming to and fro all season about your strategy and and whatever, but we need to talk um you've just gone out and signed another attacker another wide attacker Um good player good player yeah potential a 20 year old um how are you feeling about this signing and then we'll get on to probably your next signing as well are you feeling the progress
5: are you are you seeing a sense of direction in your signings now, I think when we sell when we sell um, Pulisic, you know these players will need to move Bamiang, um, Then it will it will make a lot more sense on my side of things because my thing is you need to get the average age of the team down. Mm-hmm. There's too many too many experienced players that are not at a world class level that are not helping us win titles. So you know if you're in, if you're in the peak of your powers or in your prime and you're not winning your your team titles at this level, mm-hmm. then you need to move because we need to bring in young players that might you know, develop into that. So in terms of the age range there for this player, he's got a lot of muscular injuries in the last couple of years. So mm. I, am, I am very worried about that. Um, I spoke about that in my video in terms of his, his injury issues, maybe it's growth spurt because it is muscular. So it's not, at least it's not an ACL or anything mad. So I'm not, I'm not going to judge it yet. The recruitment team are, are obviously paid to, to make those decisions. But from what I've seen of him, he does look promising um, from the Tottenham Academy. His dribbling is is good. He's got a, he's, he does dribble a lot per game. I think it's like 4.7 or something dribbles completed per night, but he is in that league and that league is where your your brother came from Pro too. And um I wasn't high on him. Not saying he's going to flop, but I wasn't high on him. I don't think it's a player that I'm excited about. So he might be doing that in that league, but to come and do it in this league is two different two different things. And even with Mudrik, when you see the amount of goals they've scored per season, yes, they're very young, but they're not going to give you right now reliable goal output. You know, they're dribblers. They're going to hopefully create chances for you, but they're not going to give you reliable goal output. So there's there's definitely potential in the striking ability that I'm seeing, but I don't watch him week in, week out. So I just have to hope the the recruitment team have, have got it right. And they've got it spot on. One thing I know is we can't afford to have any more flops. So... You know, you just have to hope that they get the job done. We moved to midfield now and right back. Don't want to see a single another attacker come to this club um, for the next couple of windows. I'm pretty happy now. Um, and coming. Felix is there. If that gets done on a permanent, I don't know. We'll have to see. Got two wingers in now. on Both sides need to see need to see a midfielder. Two midfielders over the next couple of windows, and I need to see a right back. And then I'm and then I'm pretty happy to be honest. Bring mm. through, through, through bring through some young talent as well. Um, you got Lewis Hall. I'm very impressed with him. You've got, um, you know, uh, Colwell at Brighton, bring through him. So make sure you're still bringing in those players, those talents. And then we move, man, we move. But in terms of the spend, FFP, everybody reports it. We're not in danger, but we do need to make sales. Um, You know, otherwise we could be in danger. If we don't make sales and we don't make Champions League, then we could be in in some problems. But I expect players to leave because, you know, Sterling's not going to sit there... If he's not playing, Pulisic's not going to sit there. Zia not, they're not just going to sit there and waste away. You know, they're literally being replaced right in front of their eyes. So some of them have to go. Aubameyang has to go. Um, if it's this this January or in the summer. And I think one thing I learned recently because I'm not a master on FFP, but a lot of people are forgetting that Chelsea did not have revenue while that ownership was taking place. So while that switch of ownership between the government taking the club and no ticket sales, this is all counting towards a relaxing of FFP for Chelsea because, you know, that situation is not, you know, that is not good for revenue and that's not good for making money and trying to bring in funds from ticket sales, et cetera, et cetera. So while the club was sanctioned, I do think that they would have been getting a little bit of a relax on FFP as well as all the other factors about, you know, amortisation with the contracts being stretched out over seven, eight years. Um, And very clearly that is to help financially spread out the costs um, and also, like I said, players will leave, you know, there's contracts running out. So the, the, there's a lot of players in the squad right now, but I don't expect it to look like this, um, come next season. I expect a lot of, it's going to be a mad clear out. It's going to be insane. I don't even, it's, it's going to be nuts.
3: It's, it's already mad. It's already insane because not only have you secured Onstein dagger or Onstein bomb, as they call it, um, how do you say his name? Murieki? I don't know. Madueke. Um, uh, very quickly, any of you guys want to comment on this signing very quickly? Yeah. If there, I, thought,
2: but... I thought it was a really good signing, to be honest. Because uh-huh. I watched a couple like the Dutch league, the wingers, when I was watching Anthony, I wanted to compare. So like, I remember him, Sinistera, who went to yeah. Leeds. I thought he was very bright. And Madueke, obviously the injuries and everything, that's the issue. But when he's been playing, he's so bright. And the thing for me, Chelsea have been lacking on the wings. It's like the dynamism. Mujic mm-hmm. on the left brings you that because that guy is one of the fastest players I've ever seen. And Madaweke is really quick, and that left foot is a wonderful left foot. Uh, it's just the injuries now because we all know Chelsea's medical, medical department is not the best in the world because they've had, like, a record injuries in the last 18 months. So, will they be, will they, will they be able to, like, help Madaweke with, like, not making sure that those—because muscle injuries, when when you watch a player that's injury-prone, like mm-hmm. muscle injuries is the last thing you want. Uh, so, we'll see with that. But I think in the terms of signing 40 mil because uh, Bilal mentioned the and stuff. Wingers are at a premium right now. That's the most like important position in terms of like, uh, especially left-footed right-wingers. They do not come cheap, so to get Wake at 40 mil and hope that his potential gets reached, I think for me that's a good signing, to be honest. Mm. Mm,
3: I like it. I think it's a good signing, but again, it's one of those ones. And again, it's that that price where especially for a club like Chelsea, no drama if you don't work out because he's at that kind of sweet spot. It's not like a mudric mm-hmm. You know they tried to balance it out,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, and obviously it was it depends on his fitness and everything. But you didn't even rest, man. You didn't even rest. You just went and <laughs> straight put in another bid for another player, for like the guy that I want, that Liverpool want. Now, obviously Liverpool have been chasing this guy since the end of the last window. Uh, he's got history with Graham Potter. Uh, we had, from what I believe and understand, we had a, a, a gentleman's agreement for fifty million. At the last window, Um, Mm. obviously that changed. (laughs) World Cup tax, no Graham Potter, new manager. They suddenly came back to us and said, we want 75 million. We don't have the capacity. I say we don't have the capacity, uh, but Chelsea certainly do have the capacity. Another Ornstein dagger, he says that they've got a 55 million bid that is being rejected. Now what? Do we expect this to go through Bilal?
4: Well, from reading what they've said, uh, Ornstein said they're like, Brighton are not interested in selling Kaiseido this window. Obviously, in the summer, they're probably looking maybe to move him on. But I think now, I know they've got the money from Trostad. Do they really need to sell in January? In my opinion, they don't have to because the contracts they've got these players under, Kaiseido and McAllister are two players where they can get... Honestly, they could probably even get $150 million out of both of them if they play their cards right. And this season, if they can finish in a top seven position Solidify themselves. I think, to be honest, right, if you talk about football teams, I say we're saying it before the show, they play better football than the lights of a Tottenham. You know, they play better football than most teams in the Premier League. They should be trying to push up this Premier League table. So I hope that they keep the lights of Caicedo, and McAllister. Matoma right now is on fire as well. I just hope they keep this group together just until the end of the season and then we can see Caicedo maybe go to a Chelsea or go to a Liverpool. But yeah, right now the transfer market is honestly mad. And just on a little point, I don't want to just divert completely. Go back to Chelsea, but on the Raheem Sterling thing because you know Havertz, Bayern Munich are always been interested. Conor Gallagher could go back to Palace, but Raheem Sterling, who's gonna take him on if he's really if Chelsea are trying to get some money back? I, I don't, they don't care. Yeah.
3: They don't care. Who cares? Like Raheem Sterling is made that that's that's Raheem Sterling's business. Honestly, I don't think Chelsea give a shit. Like who takes him? Who don't? Because that's where they've got to operate. They've got to be ruthless. Um,
5: I don't. I don't think he's a lost cause. Um, not yeah. yet. I yeah, like. Yeah, I think Pulisic yeah. and Ziyech are ahead of him in the pecking order to be moved on. To be lost think,
3: causes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think
5: Sterling is is still a very good player, and his experience alongside these young talents, especially in a team that hopefully will play better football now with these young players coming in and the, the newly revamped midfield. I still think Sterling for me, I'm I'm more than keeping going into next season, um, purely because Kai Havas, you know, Pulisic. Z-ish. these guys are way ahead oh of havertz is off
3: havertz, yes, well, i'll be of i'll be shocked if havertz is not in germany by 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 uh, by first week of the transfer window when mm. it opens up definitely yeah but look coming on to our game i, I try to keep it low-key matisse So i want to talk about other teams and other clubs and just very briefly on our game because you know we're football men these days mm. we don't really we're not really representing our clubs right now well we are you know what I mean? We, we don't really want to, but we must talk upon our game. Um, mm. What are you saying, bro? Confident? Um, how you feeling? Any of the new signings looking to come on? Well, obviously, you won't get Moses Casado over the line quick enough. That's a no. fucking huge side anyone else that's that you've cuz i can't keep up with how many players you've signed is there is there any debuts that we should be ready for Mudrik,
5: i think mudric will, will play i don't know if he's going to start because he hasn't played since late november um in the ukrainian league obviously and didn't go to the world cup so i think mudric could could play he might come off the bench um if he decides to go with the older Tried and tested front three that haven't really been performing of Kai Mount and maybe Ziyech played man the match potentially against Palace. Um, of course, you know he doesn't play often, so I, I wouldn't say he's on the form. But he had a, he had a really good game against Palace, him and Kepa. Um If he goes with that front three, then maybe. But I would I would hope that Madrid can just start uh, up against Trent and let's see that battle because again, this this is. This is a forward line that really no one deserves to really be starting. Um, in terms of the regular starters, I wouldn't say Mason Mount deserves to start at the moment. I wouldn't say Kai Havertz deserves to start. Um, so I'd be I'd be having no problems taking him out of the team, giving a debut to Madrid. Um, the new player from PSV, uh, he's not going to be, I don't think, ready at all to start. That would be mad. I want to know. No.
3: I, look, I'm not going to lie to you.
5: But Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm... he will.
3: No, no, no. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm only going to ask you two questions. They're Mm. the only two people that I'm worried about and I stress about, and they only come alive for Liverpool. And you already know them two people. Is Kovacic and Kante going to be your fucking (laughs) pivot again for Liverpool? And are they going to play like Prime Kante and Prime Kova? Mm. Only two games a season they play for you guys. Because everything else I hear is Kante. Oh, Kante, be done with him. Be Mm. done with him. Kova, Mm. oh, man, always injured. Come Liverpool, it's like The Undertaker. They just wake up. Yeah. And they smell that scouse. They just Fear. smell that scouse.
5: <laughs> Kante, no. there's no way Kante's playing this game. No way.
3: Matisse, oh, I'll trust you anymore.
5: There's no way. He's not he, he can't he can't be fit for this. I know he I know he's um I think in training, James, Chilwell, Fafana were all in training this week.
3: And he um, was training.
5: Yeah, I think they were training. There you go.
3: He's fucking training.
5: But he, I, he ain't Kante, training. He ain't think, training for six Kante, months. I don't think Kante's in training. Hold on, let me check. Because I heard he's training. Yeah. You heard he's training. I don't think he is. See what the even if say.
4: he ain't training. This <laughs> game understands.
5: <in> <laughs> no, Bro, like, this guy's
3: nuts. I. No, said he's out it. Too much.
5: He's, I think he's out till much. He might be. So he's yeah. He's in. Maybe he's in individual training. He's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. He can't touch that pitch. There's no no chance. James James is not ready. As well hardly If he
3: touches that pitch. <laughs>
5: Bro. He won't he won't bro. He won't. Okay, he won't. No, so, nah, you
3: lot, you lot don't know the history. Yeah, I know we've his team you he, lot he don't know play. the history of Conte.
5: Yeah, he won't play. Um, okay, so I, I don't okay, think I James, agree. Fafana, Chilwell, none of them will play. I don't think they're ready. It'd be stupid to play them at this point because they'll just pick up an injury. For me, leave them until um leave them for the gap between this game and Fulham. We got 13 days off um for them to train. So yeah, I don't even though these guys are back in training, I don't I don't know they won't play.
3: No, cover will okay.
5: play. I think. Who? I think cover will play. Yeah,
3: yeah, he's a machine, isn't he, guys? I mean, I don't know if you lot know, man. Cover, like, he flat. He plays amazing for Croatia, and he amaz- And he plays amazing against Liverpool. They're the only two like situations he plays well in. Um, I don't know what to expect from Liverpool, man. Um, this is a very very game. This is a mad tense game. Normally, Liverpool Chelsea the Cup Finals last season split on penalties. Could have gone each way, you know what I mean? We already know the clashes in Liverpool-Chelsea in the past. Everything. There's times where, honest to God, guys, there's times where I've not watched the game through pure stress. My stomach and my mental state can't take it. You know what I mean? I I turn off my phone and that's the levels that we reached. It's a mighty (laughs) drop-off. It's a mighty drop-off. I'm going to actually just kick back and watch the game. It's a very mid-game now. It's true that the drop-off's been wild. Huey, how are you seeing this game from a from a neutral point of view, like just watching it?
1: Uh, I can't lie. I'm, I'm not the most excited for it, for the obvious reasons that you stated. But I think it's it's maybe a platform for both clubs to try and build off. You can see the the way Chelsea are trying to work towards. It's very much a work towards next season, younger profile squad. With Liverpool, it's a whole mess over there, man. I, I mean that in the sense of, you know, ownership, uncertainties, the amount of injuries you have, the, the losses you've had recently and whatnot. So, I genuinely don't know what to expect. When I, when I say that, I mean that as honestly as possible. I don't no, know no, what no, to yeah. expect.
3: No, I agree with you. I agree with you.
1: I, I can't preview it. I mean, Chelsea may turn up with a, a newfound life. All these signings, a sense of direction. You know, the, the managers explain to them where we're going with this. They may turn up and say, right, it's time for us to show a bit of what we can look like in years to come. Uh, or else Liverpool, you never know. Maybe Jurgen Klopp can round up the troops and get them to play some football again. We'll just have to see. I'm the same as you. I'll sit back to turn on the telly and see what happens in front of me.
3: We're going mm-hmm. to just chat at Liverpool, Liverpool and Chelsea just a few minutes more. Matisse I know has to run because man's been, yeah, and man's got another marathon of streams tomorrow. You already know where to find Matisse. Check him out on his channel, Big Six, doing massive things. DR Sports, Sky Sports, you know what I mean? Sky, G- Sky Sports, Germany, BT Sport, <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything. everything man, is there man, <laughs> man is there, man is there. But big up Matisse. So thank you very much for taking that time for much. small Small little football kind of, you know? What I mean, we are humbled <laughs> to have you. And
5: what with your big twenty k?
3: Huh? Yeah. Get, get out of here, man! Hold In on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I got something for you. Oh shit, I've lost it. But anyway,
5: Chelsea. <laughs> Speak soon. Big up people. Big up, big up man. man. Big up, bro. Take care. It. Take
3: care. Yeah, look, Bilal, I, 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 it's, it's, I don't think this game is relevant to you lot as well. Now this is mad. Mm. How does life move? How does life move? You're actually not bothered about Liverpool and Chelsea. You can actually kick back. And, and wake up, actually, and just, yeah, enjoy your Sunday, like you were saying, a Saturday morning.
4: Yeah, Saturday morning, man, I just get ready, watch a bit of build-up, and then, yeah, get ready for the game. But honestly, right, I hope Klopp just played that same midfield he played against Wolves, because I really actually enjoyed watching You saw that. something, in it
3: You saw something.
4: Yeah, Bajitic, Tiago Keta the more technical players in the middle, Fabinho, Henderson, Henderson, we've had enough. Fabinho, Grizz, I know you think he's 45 years old, so you've had enough. But, yeah, really and truly that Tiago um. Badgetich and then Cater in that middle was really nice to see. Second half, yes, Wolves came out more and they honestly, Wolves have like zero attacking threat. So I never actually felt Liverpool were in danger of conceding a goal, but the signs were there that if you can just somehow work out how to have a bit of a competent midfield and then you get the guys like Salah, is Nunes going to be available for this game, mm-hmm. I'd imagine, right? Yeah, Nunes, Nunes right. will come in. And then, yeah, you just sort out that midfield and you're all going to have this attacking threat that you've had throughout the season anyway. So, yeah, I'm excited, but Mudrik versus Trent, if that happens, (laughs) I don't know. Like, he just scarred from Mitoma the other night, man. And now you're telling him, from Mitoma, go to Mudrik. I
0: don't know. I
4: don't know,
3: man. Yeah, Michael, um, I don't know, man, either, man. What are you saying? I
2: have one question.
3: Again, another game. Actually, who do you... What do you want from this result? Because, obviously, top four rivals now, I guess... Yeah, no, no I'm not gonna,
2: not I, I'm not gonna put you guys at the race. I've seen Liverpool come back into get into that top four in 2021, and they only mm-hmm. are like two points behind us when we were like ten points clear of them. So I would prefer Chelsea to get a result because I don't, I don't fear them. But I have okay. one question: Is prime time Darwizy playing on Saturday? Yes. Okay, I'll be tuning in then. I will be there no matter what. I just want to see Darwin. Is Moxxo? Listen, look, look, look. His look, look, his, look, look. Say what you want about him, right? He's fucking wild.
3: Liverpool is Gakpo because
2: Gakpo ain't moving me. I will. This guy was not making runs. I need to see some runs. I need to see Darwin New Year's. I was hearing Silva,
4: bro. I was uh, hearing I comparisons. Babel, man. yeah, that was me. Babel, man. no, no <laughs> nah, it's nah, Bubble man.
3: No, nah, I'm telling Babel's... you, Ryan Babble. I'm telling you, innit? it trust me. I was a decent
4: player, man. Like, like Gakpo hasn't even showed me Babbel levels yet. Let's. He's he squared then, the then.
3: World Cup. Come on, come
2: on. Now, nah, do you know
4: on. what? You're going you're, you're gonna to
3: see some... You know what it is? He's one of those, you're going to see some goals and you're going to say, yo, like people that don't watch him, like none of you lot are going to watch him 90 minutes on a regular basis, yeah? When you watch him on a 90 minutes regular basis, I'm saying it as a Liverpool fan. I don't want to write him off. I want to be humbled. You already know. I want to be wrong. I, I want like to be badly wrong.
2: You're like me with Anthony. This is this is what it is. Yeah. We're but, in the same situation
3: but, here. Gagpo is going to score goals that you're not going to say, yo, Chris, you don't know what you're talking about. Your IQ for, for, or football talent is, is dead because he's going to score some bangers. I'm telling you now, Gagpo is going to score some sick goals, but he doesn't do enough. Like Babu always used to score wicked goals here and there yeah. and flashes of brilliant in an assist, but not enough in a game. And mm. that's where I'm gap with Gakpo. The only thing I like about Gakpo is the fees not too damaging. The fees are okay. Yeah, there you he go. He's gonna out. be a good. He's gonna be sixth choice when everyone's
4: back. He's gonna 40 be sixth
3: million choice. For six choice. It's
5: a lot of money. We're, we're, we're,
4: we got money now, anyway. Mm. <laughs> well, no, actually, bright. I think it'll be interesting. <laughs> I want
2: to see what Chelsea do because they obviously they got the win against Palace. So I want to see. I want to see Mudrick because I feel like I've never seen this guy actually play in my life. So I want to see if he actually exists or yeah. if he, see an industry plant. I want to see if that exists. Um, he's cold, man.
1: But
3: Which I want to ask, but I yeah. want to ask Huey. You know what? But the thing is, right? I want to ask Huey because we're both going through a bit of a stylistic change, and you guys, of course, have adapted far better than Liverpool. But with a different type of striker that both clubs haven't had for a couple of years, I'd say, right? You guys have been playing fluid forwards. We've been playing with Bobby, obviously, very fluid forward, right? But both of us have gone for a target man, but different types of target men. We've gone for a runner in behind kind of target man and you guys have got the ultimate predator type of target man it was always going to be a little bit what's the word patience needed transitional yeah
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I knew this when Haaland was coming to City. and As I said in the Big 60 the other night, I don't think Pep anticipated the transition from a false nine to playing with Haaland or Alvarez to be as difficult as it has been. And I said the same thing for Klopp. I don't think Klopp expected the transition from having a Sadio Mane, who's a very different player to Darwin Nunes, to having Darwin Nunes. But I think team.
3: we've been, I think we've been unlucky though, because I don't think Darwin Nunes was. I, look, I know the price, and you lot can come at the price. But I don't think Darwin Nunes was coming in to start straight away. It was because no Bobby, no no Jota, no Diaz. There are front three, main front three, and I think he's been a bit caught off guard, and you can see his game is not really. Com- like, he doesn't look comfortable with the rest of the team yet.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he does. I think it's just going to take some. Um... Definitely some transfers. I mean, there's obvious gaping holes and issues in the Liverpool squad as an entirety. you need some players who can come in and facilitate. I mean, when you've got a player like Nunes and you're going to persist with Nunes, you need to bring in the kind of players that you believe can work with them. You don't just bring in any old bozo and decide to say, you need to go work with Darwin Nunes. He does require a specific skill set around him to flourish. Um, It's just a patience thing. It's a time thing. It's the exact same thing for us. The only thing is, I've always said this, and I think you'll probably agree yourself with Hand and Heart, that Pep's tactically a better manager than Klopp. That's why I've always backed Pep to fix the issue quicker than Klopp. But I still trust Jurgen Klopp to, to, to fix it. That's why I would never be saying if I was a Liverpool fan, Klopp out. I just think give it time. Um, I never wrote off Darwin Nunes. I, I was on the, the side of the fence when they both first arrived, the two big hitmen, Hallam and Nunes, that Hallam will succeed quicker. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
3: of course.
1: But I was never one to say, listen, Darwin Nunes is going to be a complete stinker. I think Darwin Nunes is, is going to have a massive say in any success. It was have the price. Before.
3: It was the price. It like, was the price. There's was, no, way, was, there was no it's, way he's it's, worth it's 65, 65 way I look at Jack million Yeah.
1: It's the same yeah. way I look at Jack Reedish. Completely different players. But the price is putting an extra element of pressure on these players who are stepping up to a level they've never been at before. So it's naturally going to be a massive thing for them psychologically to deal with. I'm a £100 million man or an £85 million man. I have to step up and play like that. That's a big thing for a player.
4: So I just persist with them, give them time.
3: Bill, mm. like, was you going to say something?
4: Well, not, not, yeah, yeah well, anything? I was going to say, I was just on the Grealish point, really, for Man City, just talk on him. Honestly, I said it <laughs> earlier in terms of that left-wing position. I don't know after this season if Man City are really going to... Are you going to really keep around Jack Grealish when you could really get a proper upgrade up there? I'm looking at that kid at Leeds, Gonotto. Those goals the other night were incredible. Every game he's been looking fantastic. They've been like linked with million.
3: Rafael Liao as well.
4: Like, Liao. That would be Cabascalia. scary. A lot if anyone, Australia. if anyone
3: can, if anyone can go home and get Cavarscalea, yeah, I them. See. let's not they do can that. Go let's not that. that. Let's not do that. Let's not do
4: that. I've been saying in my head, right, because I know Man City have the money. I'm thinking the evolution of that team is to get like a Cavarscalea on the left and then like a Kulazewski on the right, and then now Man City can transform because I think those two areas out wide, that's where Man City need to improve. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know what Hughie thinks about that in terms of. Realish long-term after well, this season?
3: Well, well, I think the key one, the key decision will be, Huey, with City, Maris.
1: Mm.
3: Like, with Maris stay? Will, I, him do stay. Say no? I, don't, I
1: don't want him to go. I mean, it's the same situation with Mahrez every single season, and it's been like this for mm. like three years now. The first yeah. half of the season, he looks slow, he looks possibly disinterested, um, and then all of a sudden, second half of the season, the guy absolutely explodes and comes up with, you know, big goal after big goal, so I don't want to lose that. But with Jack Grealish I also think he I think he's going to be a massive part of the squad uh, I think you'll see him play more in midfield I think you'll see Foden play more in midfield <laughs> You know how Pep likes to operate. He wants to have versatility, he wants to have players who can play in a huge array of positions. I do think we will go for that direct winger approach at some point. I, whether it's a Liao, I did a video myself yesterday on my channel about Varat Skellia. We've have been linked with him, but it'll be difficult to get him because of our relationship with Delorentes. And um, I think Pep wants that option because right. Everyone's now
3: everyone's relationship everyone's. with Delarentis. <laughs> why am not bad yet
2: so far. I'm I'm good right now with him. Yeah. Everyone's
3: yeah, he's he's a pain in the ass for anyone to deal with. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, if we can get that. in a, a direct winger like a Skelia, mm. you know, who will run, run to the byline, he's unpredictable, he's tricky, and have a Grealish option too, because Grealish is versatile. Um, you'll, you'll see more from the rest of the players too. I think Haaland will probably thrive off having a, a very aggressive winger beside him. He doesn't have an aggressive winger beside him right now in either Grealish or Mares. Both of them, they offer great things to the team. I'm perfectly satisfied with Jack Grealish, and his numbers are improving too. But... He doesn't offer that directness. He won't take on down to the byline. He won't go on the outside of the fullback. So I think we'll bring him that option. Mm.
3: Arif sends in a super chat. He says, thoughts on Colwell? Do you think he can be elite? Obviously, the Chelsea centre-back that's at Brighton. So far, he's looking very, very nice. I don't know. Bilal Michael, you got
2: any thoughts on Colwell? I think he's the best young English centre-back, to be honest. Like, oh, shit. I- he is he's gonna be the future of English center back. And if I could see him and some uh, him in Stones like Euros 2024, that'd be oh. a six center back pairing in my opinion. I think he, his time. Mm. Which is why I question the body of Sheila signing at first, but I think Potter might go to like a back three and put both of them together. But Covo is absolutely amazing player.
4: You wanna back that Pilel? Yeah. yeah, the signs that I've seen from Cole look good. Huddersfield was it last season in the I don't think he scored an own goal in the playoff final or something like that. I remember watching, he scored her own goal. But yeah, he looks like a good player. Gone on loan now, of course, to Brighton. That's a good place to develop. But the thing with Chelsea, to keep buying centre-backs, we're talking about back three, but surely not, Chelsea can't be playing back three with all these signings, talking about buying midfielders and attacking players. You can't play a back three forever. So I don't know if his pathway is going to be blocked at Chelsea, but mm. if it is, there will be a club for him somewhere. One hundred around my way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I,
3: um, I'm gonna ask you something, Michael, because you um you taught me how to say that guy's name and I forgot it. You know our young midfielder, Bajetic? Oh, B- Bajetic? Bayetic. yeah. I should know how to say my own players' names, but but you know what I mean? Sometimes you know you need to learn. And I'm learning. Um any thoughts on this guy? Because a lot of people are asking, of course, like, yo, what's good is in the building. Um this is what I'm saying into Bajetic talk or Bajetic. Chris, tell me we're working on midfielder for Jan. I can't go back to another Henderson hoof session. Big up, hope everyone is well. Yeah, look, people are done with our midfield, as you know, guys. Um, We were working on Casado for this this January, and it looks like Chelsea are going to blow us away with the money, man. We're not willing to go to 75 million. As I just showed you guys, Ornstein has said they've got 55 million bid rejected. Chelsea are pretty much the only team that can go out there again and just say, all right, you want 75? Here's fucking 85. You know what I mean? That's how they're operating right now. So none of us can compete. Um, Casado was my number one choice. It seemed like Casado was Klopp's number one choice for January. We already know what the number one choice is for 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 summer. After that, the only other name I've heard for now is Frank Kessie on loan. I don't even think we're going to go for that either. Um, so this is where I'm seguing into Stefan Bajetic, Michael. I know you know a little bit about him. Um, what do you think about him? Serbian, born, born to Serbian parents, but Spanish international, I believe.
2: I think he's really good. I mean, the law mentioned that midfield against Wolves. Like, obviously, in terms of shot creation, Liverpool weren't that good on Tuesday. Mm. They were only created, uh, like, rated, like .15 XG. But the midfield kept the ball nice. You touch, I touch football, which obviously I always like mm-hmm. to watch. I think Fabinho is obviously cooked. For the time Man. being. So I think... First of all... Biotic is better than him right now. Also... But then you know, on the bench consistently... Might give him the kick up the ass... That he might need to get back to his levels. So I think it can only be a good thing. And I think... If you have a youngster that is hungry and quality... Like Man City did it with Rico Lewis. They saw Concello. has been out of it for like three months now. Kyle Walker was struggling with injuries. They threw Rico Lewis right into the fire. And he's been absolutely superb. So Man. I think Liverpool should do the same. because Like us with Garnacho as well. We threw him right as well. If you have a youngster that is ready has no mentality, you put them in, and from then on, you just kick on from there. So I think Liverpool should continue with that.
3: Yeah, there's a there's a, the Rico Lewis, um, and you mentioned, I think on a, Matisse mentioned Lewis Hall.
2: Yeah, Kukurela uh, got to the bench. Kukurela,
3: so yeah, exactly. Arsenal got a few youngsters. There's a quite a bit of talent coming through in terms of the youngsters in the Premier League, and I think I think Bejicic is not on that level yet, but he's 17, 18, guys. And that, that midfield is crucial, man, to play in that in that midfield. I think I rate Lewis Hall. We already know the youngsters at, at Man City fold, and still twenty. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay, Rico Lewis today put in a stunning performance. Mm-hmm. with a few youngsters over at Arsenal and and, and even United. ganacha looks mad, so the f- future looks bright. But this guy, I found that yesterday, guys. He's six foot one. I'm liking that.
2: have not even done growing yet.
3: He hasn't, even stopped growing. he hasn't even started growing. He's 18, I think. 17, 18. I, 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 I might have to, because I was one of those that I didn't see. I said, show me something. I'm one of these guys that doesn't get gassed very easily, guys, as a Liverpool fan. I don't I don't believe in... You see someone, and you say, yeah, that's the one, the world-class elite. Now, I don't. I said, Doak, I see it. Trent, I saw it. Calvin Ramsey, I see it, but nobody's seen it. I don't see no one else coming through. Everyone got on my back they said you don't see Stefan Pecic I said I need to see something last couple of appearances he's shown me something I don't suddenly think he's a future Ballon d'Or Liverpool fans but I think he's got the I liked his smartness and for an 18 year old to read the game he played the way he played it, it bodes well and when I found out he's 6 foot one because yeah, you already know my, my, my philosophy is yeah you have you, yeah look Barcelona everyone keeps throwing that Barcelona midfield That was a a once-in-a-lifetime midfield. Look at Man City. They've got a machine called Rodri in there. Look at Arsenal, Partey. Then you can have your your Odegaards. You know what I mean? Look at Man United. They've got that Casemiro in there. Then you can have your Eriksen, your Brunos. Every team must have Fabinho. I'm going to say it again and again and again. I don't think we're going to see Fabinho at his best again. And I know Liverpool fans don't agree. They say, no, Gris, you're being too harsh. I don't. That's why I need to see Begitic grow, 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 grow. And I think he's going to be that player. I think he will. I think he's. I, th- I think I've changed my mind on him already.
2: I have, um, a question with, I have one last question with him. Mm-hmm. If you continue to perform like this, Real Madrid, UCL, will you throw him into that fire? Oh shit! You can't bro. do that.
4: You can't, can't do that. Do that man. And I'll tell you why. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. That- that position there, as much as I was saying, just throw him in. I'm saying just throw him in for a Premier League game against Chelsea. Liverpool haven't really got much to lose. And with Thiago and Keita next to him, it could help him. But really and truly, when you look at that DM position, or just breaking through into midfield properly, I think as a young player, it might be one of the hardest positions. Lavia at Man City got sold, right? He's he's a super talent as well in that position, DM. But Man City probably felt like, mm, he's not ready. Put the buy back in there. When he develops a little bit more, maybe we come back for him. That position's hard. My guy Charlie Patino, our Arsenal, right? We put him in last season, around similar age, 18 years old. FA Cup, Nottingham Forest away. The kid physically couldn't cope with it. Now he's mm. developing on loan, Blackpool, looking good and and coming up. But that position isn't easy, and that's why, honestly, even if it's a Frank Kessie to come to Liverpool, you have to take it. You need someone in there. And Frank Kessie last season, I'm sure Grizz, you would have you would have felt a little bit better about taking him from Milan straight. I know. Peak, um with Xavi not really fancying him. Not a DM you know, though. That's he's not, not a DM, but he's still something. I'm telling you, if you're not gonna get anything, you need to mm. at least get one more buddy. And it's not like an Arthur signing, that's what I would say. The Arthur signing. Yeah, he's fit. Day he can one, run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. From Arthur from day one, we knew that was the write-off. But we yeah, definitely offer Liverpool something.
3: I don't think we're gonna go for it, but I know he's been offered to us, but you know let's see so Liverpool might do something mad at the end of the season. I think we're more interested in sorting out the ownership issue. But guys, we must we must close because we can chat. I think this has been a very, very enjoyable show. Of course, Bill and Michael, you already know. Uh Huey, thank you very much for, for coming on and helping me out tonight. Man, you're a legend, and we're gonna speak soon, of course. Um, and everyone else, if you haven't liked, I don't know why. If you haven't subscribed, I don't know why. So like if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't. Uh, and we'll be back next week with some Premier League carnage. We'll be back tomorrow. I don't think I've got anything planned as of yet. Oh, we've got a transfer show. We're going to be rounding up the transfer news from all around the Premier League. So yeah. check that one out. Me and Billa will be back for Colin Khan on Saturday. That looks to be a spicy one still. Okay. Take care. Over and out. Peace, everyone.